This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. You know this already. A whole bunch of the country is experiencing some extreme cold weather. It's getting a little bit better, but it's still chilly in a lot of places. The weekend also brought a lot of storms for lots of Canadians. And there are some news elements to explore about the elements. Let's talk about them with Michelle McQuig. Michelle is the weekend news editor at the Canadian Press. Hey, good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Dave. Michelle, it's Canada. It's winter. It's going to be cold. But my goodness, but like my goodness, parts of the country on the weekend, there are some meaningful news stories. I I think the (laughs) the best place to start is in Alberta, specifically concerns that popped up about the electricity grid in Alberta. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What's at issue here? Because I think it's gotten pretty political in the last 24 hours. It definitely has. This is quite interesting right now, but I I ought to sort of close up what you're saying. Like there's cold and then there's Alberta cold right now. For the past several days, They've been in around anywhere between minus 40 and minus 50 with wind chills. So as you can imagine, people want to turn on the heat and turn it up and up, as I certainly would too. Um, What's happened, though, is that this has apparently placed some strain on the province's electricity grid to the point where the province issued, or or the province's operator, rather, issued three alerts over the past three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. All of the alerts said similar things, that they were urging people to limit power consumption during peak hours and warning that there were there was a potential for some rotating blackouts if they couldn't ease the strain on the system. So far from ideal circumstances during a cold snap like this. Fortunately, people did respond immediately, but where it's gotten political is, of course, people have jumped all over this, people who are opposed to energy conversions and, and converting to greener energy and renewable sources have jumped all over this as evidence that this is not the right way to go. Daniel Smith entered the fray on Friday, like almost immediately after the, the first alert went out, saying a tweet that, the you know, renewables clearly can't be relied upon when it gets too cold like this. The next day, Scott Moe, who's uh, similarly aligned in terms of his politics and his environmental stances, sent a tweet saying, hey, guess what? Saskatchewan has sent Alberta X amount of megawatts of energy using sources that the federal government wants to shut down, like nuclear, like natural gas and coal. Uh, so... That's how that's gone. And of course, people have then been following suit. You've got other local politicians in Alberta joining the fray, other MPs. Uh, Randy Boisson, the only liberal, has had to come out and kind of defend the government stance a little bit as the only Alberta cabinet minister. Uh, So, yeah, it got pretty contentious quite quickly. I I think there th- th- this will come during the course of the week and it's already started. I, th- there's got to be a little fact checking on that about how much energy yeah. is truly produced by renewables in these grids and I'd say specifically the Alberta grid because because definitely it's a political win but if only say 10% of energy is coming from renewables then it's your actual like carbon based electricity grid that failed. This is it. There's a lot that needs to be clarified um there's some of the potential complicating factors, like we, there was word that there were a couple of gas plants that were offline that might have been contributing to this. 
Um, so there's a lot of answers that need to come through. And I think also uh, some explainers that are, yeah, <laughs> there's rife for appetite for explainers on how exactly renewables are going to work in contexts like this, because yeah. surely the fact that winter comes with shorter daylight hours and colder temperatures is not news to enter to renewable producers. And I'm sure plans or, or contingencies of some sort do exist. And, and so, it, yeah, it, but... it's, it's worth noting. It's worth noting. Sorry, Michelle, do you mean to cut you off there? No, not at all. Um, Please. The, the state of Texas, especially the Houston area. I don't know mm. if you remember this two years ago, a couple years ago, absolutely yeah, right. ravaged by winter storms absolutely. and their grid went out completely like completely went out. Their 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 fuel, yep. their fossil fuel powered grids went out completely. And the parts of Texas that didn't get affected were the parts that had heavy investment in renewable. So I think I think like there's just a That's lot it. of like there needs to be a lot of context in this story. Because because 100%. I'm I'm empathetic to the argument that if you're going to convert to a green electric uh, electrified renewable grid, yeah, there need to be all sorts of contingencies in place. But the conversation has to be had in good faith. And I feel like a lot a lot of politicians and a lot of people who have it don't have it in good faith. Absolutely. And and the Texas example is a good one. And in fact, it, it came up in the course of the story that my colleague Rob Drinkwater wrote yesterday. It's a good look at this. And it has some of this context from, from people like Andrew Leach, some energy analysts and, and Pamela Institute and a few other people weighing in on this. But the, yeah, the Texas example is a good one because that grid at the time was, it was not largely natural gas. That's what got hit really hard. And there was some acknowledgement that that can happen in colder temperatures, but that Alberta's system already has more resilient natural gas generators than those that were in place in Texas in 2021. Mm -hmm. So obviously it's on the radar to some degree, but I don't think people necessarily understand how it all works, what the interplay is among other provinces, because that's what advocates are advocating as part of the solution is, is that there's a need to be a real mix of providers, renewables links to other provinces. Natural gas can be part of the solution, but there needs to be a variety to to, to lead to a sustainable grid. So that's, there's this, you're right though, it is a really complicated one. And I'm sure there might be more alerts. So I don't, I don't imagine yeah. this one's going to yeah. go away anytime soon because it's still going to be pretty cold on the prairies today and possibly into tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, listen, it also happens in the summer with AC putting strain on grids too. It's, it's sure. not common oh, for provinces to reach out and say, hey, t turn your AC down or turn your AC off during these hours. So it, it's, it's, course, it's a year-round issue. It is. And the, the, the backdrop for all of these arguments, the political, like the broader political piece is the federal's efforts to convert to a green electrical grid by 2035. That's sort of the the what everyone's going after here is these targets and then the part of this broader push and pull between the feds and the provinces yeah. on a lot of environmental issues. So it's not all just about this specific issue. There's always broader context yeah. for these fights when they break out. No doubt. Hey, Michelle, it, it's not just the prairies and extreme cold that made up the weather stories this weekend. Certainly, it started in British Columbia with some heavy snowstorms and some freezing weather. In fact, there are some emergency rooms uh, in the in British Columbia yes. right now that are not that, that are saying, "Hey, you can't come here. Like our pipes froze. Like we can't serve you." Which is, I mean, just a stunning, stunning uh, development. I mean, it, happens but it's stunning what are it some does. of the what are some of but the it was other... happening in edmonton on friday as well like it happened in a number of facilities across the across the country in, in small and large centers so but what are some of the other news elements that struck you whether it be some of the stuff on the west coast or even some of the snow that made its way through eastern ontario uh, through the montreal quebec corridor it was that kind of what struck me was was the scale of everything. We had extreme weather of some form, not always the same, but literally across the whole country. No province or territory went untouched by something to do with 
much more active winter weather than we're accustomed to. So we had the brutally cold temperatures in BC and the prairies and the territories, of course, like way beyond what we're used to seeing. We saw temperature records falling all over the place. Um, in central Canada, we, like you said, we had a pretty big snowstorm that was, it was sustained. Toronto, where, where I am, didn't get hit too, too badly, although Friday night was a bit of a wild ride. There was, but, a, so, so Michelle, I'm going to cut you off. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so rude. Please. Ungracious host this morning. My apologies. Friday night was unbelievable. <laughs> I walked home. Yeah, it was pretty wild. I, was... I, I walked home, not a, not a single flake of snow falling. Little windy, little windy, but not a single flake of snow falling. And I think to myself, gosh, I could really go for a pizza right now. And I ordered the pizza and Michelle... The tip this driver got from me, because when I looked out oh, my back man. window and a whiteout started, I was apologizing profusely. You felt like such a jerk, of course. <laughs> oh, you were that guy. I okay. was that guy. I was oh, that guy. You know what, though? It did come up. Like There were warnings of that, that it could start any minute, and it just it did, and it was a blizzard. And I will say taking uh, Guide Dog out for the last uh, last outing of the night was it was a bit of an adventure in, into a full-on <laughs> blizzard like it was kind of wild anyway and, and um, uh, go, sorry go ahead big big news element for you and then i got a follow-up but that was like that was the, the minor case was toronto really got bypassed by the bulk of it that was hitting other parts of the, the province into quebec as well so other places were getting you know 30 35 centimeters of snow uh temperatures are now quite icy in, in a lot of these areas too the system seems to be heading our way and in atlantic canada there were crazy high winds and massive tidal surges you know 100 kilometers an hour winds down in trees all over the place um again not as bad as they've been as that they've seen before but what i was saying before was just the scope of it all that no part of the country was unscathed this weekend and that feels kind of unusual in, in, in with a story that's inherently pretty regional Michelle, let me ask you one question on the way out the door here. It's not the daily poll question, but I think it's a core question that's worth asking a lot of people this morning. It's one of these great mornings on the show where we get people joining from all over the country. And, and it's, just, it's, it's just fun to explore this. How many days in a row could you tolerate temperatures that hovered around minus 50 degrees? Is, is zero an option? Yeah, um... Zero is an option if you want it. I mean, no, no, no. I, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a hardy Canuck. I can take more than zero, but um, a week. Oh, a week. That, that's uh, Michelle. You're brave. That's, that's I mean, brave. I, 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 I would be massively limiting my exposure within said week, but I'll go with a week. <laughs> and, and you know, I think, I think, and I did this to Laura and Alex, and I don't mean to do it to you, but again, I think it's worthwhile. I think that's where a disability lens and winter like really applies. I believe it was the winter of 2018 in Ottawa. It might have been the winter of 2019 where what happened was there was a brutal back-to-back snowstorm. Like, I want to say 45 to 60 centimeters fell inside three days, and that was immediately wow. followed by three or four days of between minus 35 and minus 40, and I literally <gasps> couldn't get to the grocery store. Like, like, oh, I, yeah. like I wasn't snowed in. I was, like, I was in no danger of, like, pass, of perishing away, but, like, the, I, the prospect of having to walk the 20 minutes and back to the grocery store through two feet of snow and it's those temperatures, I was yeah. Like no, this isn't happening. Like it's not Absolutely happening. Not. No, totally. And and you're. I think you're right. I think we have developed some some perhaps some greater tolerance or, or impatience, depending on who you are, I suppose, for this kind of thing because of conditions we navigate. That remember there was a giant snowstorm that dumped about sixty centimeters on Toronto in fifteen hours or something. I do. January was, of twenty twenty two. 
That's the one. Yeah. Well, I, I was basically stuck here for almost a week because no one cleared my streets. So that was, yeah, like uh, you're right. They're, disability offers up some conditions that perhaps get us a little more used to these uh, inconveniences <laughs> than we might otherwise be. That's why we keep a lot of cereal in our pantry, just you know, just just to make just to make sure to stock up when necessary, fuel with the carbohydrates. Hey, Michelle, uh, I I mismanaged the clock. Got to go. No no time to get to our second story. That's all right. It's one I might bring to the news panel on Friday. All the best to you, Michelle. Uh, enjoy those uh, cold walks with the guide dog. Oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. Take care. <laughs> That's Michelle McQuig, weekend news editor at the Canadian Press. Coming up next, the winners of the Build Together Inclusive Innovation Challenge have been announced. Marco Pasqua will share his thoughts on the competition. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI TV. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.